0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Laurie Salarulo, and I'm your host, and I have the honor of being the CEO of of Junior Achievement of South Florida. You know, we started this show so that we could hear about the stories and the journeys of leaders and entrepreneurs, uh, community advocates. And I have met so many interesting people and gotten to know people that I already knew. Um, So much better and so much deeper. And when you hear someone's story, I think there's a couple of things. One, uh, again, it is so interesting to learn about them because now when you see them, right, you feel like you really do know them better. And then the second part is, for me, is I'm always inspired and motivated by their stories. And please excuse my froggy throat this morning. Uh, I think I might be coming down with a little sore throat, but not COVID as we just talked about uh, with Seth. Uh, You know, this month we have been celebrating Financial Literacy Month, and that is one of JA's three core pillars. And if you're following what's happening at the school board, and yes, there is a lot happening at the school board. But one of the things they talked about on Tuesday was whether to make financial literacy a mandated financial literacy, uh, a mandated course for graduation, In my opinion, as a parent, I think it's just as important as math and reading and science. So I hope that the school board members have the courage and the vision to to make that uh, something that our children must have in order to graduate and in order to be successful in life. So with that, I want to introduce this morning's guest uh, and someone that I've known in the community kind of from afar. We always said hi and knew each other, but I am so excited to hear his story this morning. Uh, And so please help me welcome Seth Wise, who's the executive vice president of BBX Capital. He also serves on the board of directors of the company, and he's also the president of BBX Capital Real Estate. And if that weren't enough, he's also the co-CEO of the Altman Companies, uh, which over the last, uh, gosh, 40 years, 45 years, has built over 26,000 rental apartments. Um, and so without for, oh, by the way, one last thing that he has in his spare time, he's also on the board of directors of Blue Green Vacations. And so I definitely want to hear about how he has time for all of this and how he does it so well. So please help me welcome Seth Wise. Good morning. Hold on. I got to get you in. There you are. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Hi, how Lori. You? Nice to, I'm good. Nice to be with you.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, I, I, I talked about all those things. How do you find the time to do all of that?
1: Uh, sleep is optional. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, a good seven hours. Um, you know what it's team, mm. you know, I get to have all those fancy titles, but the reality is I represent an amazing group of people that, uh, that do really the heavy lifting. So I've, Picking the right team and letting them do their dance is uh, is the way it happens, at least in my yes. view. Yeah,
0: and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Um, but I, you're absolutely right. I could not agree with you more. You know, we could have the greatest vision or product or service in the world, uh, and if we don't have the people who could execute right and make that happen, then we're we're never going to be successful. So we'll talk more about that. But um, but first, for me, I always love hearing people's story, right We all have a story we all have a journey that we're on. and I always say uh, to friends of mine and it became kind of our little mantra was you know life is all about the journey and enjoy the moment that you're in. but sometimes it's fun to look back and see right where where you where you came from, where you're going and, and, and the future. Um, and so I want to hear a little bit about your story um, and how did you get to where you are today?
1: How much time do you have? <laughs> um, no, I, just kidding. We'll have to bring uh, you back for the second person. Right. Uh, I'd love to. Um, so I grew up in D.C. Uh, in, in actually in Maryland, just outside D.C. And I, I'm a product of a broken home. Um, my parents got divorced when I was uh, 12. And it was one of those messy divorces where dad leaves and leaves no money behind. And, you know, that sends the family into a my brother and I have a younger brother. And then of course my mom sent us into a tailspin financially. And, uh, I mean, literally to the point of food stamps and, uh, you know, handouts. And it was at that, I was old enough to know that that was a scary time. And I remember my mom being under just tremendous stress. And I don't think there was a moment where I said, I'm going to do everything I can to sort of claw out of this. Maybe it was subconscious, maybe there was a moment, I just don't remember it. But I just worked and, and worked and worked and worked. I sold newspapers door to door when I was 12 and I gave the money to my mother. And uh, uh, when I got to high school, I, I got a job in a retail store and I helped. And it's just, uh, it was, you know, you, you talk about grit uh, uh, before the show started. I mean, I was never afraid to work. And I, you know, I would say that I'm not the brightest uh, bulb in the lamp. I was not a terrific student. Uh, I wasn't destined to go to Harvard or Yale or anything. I was. I went to University of Florida. I was very lucky to get in. Uh, but I feel like hard work uh, made up for some of those deficiencies and, and helped me just continue to claw out of what was a, a very tough uh, situation. And and it, it was a lot of, I would say, ingenuity and a lot of faith. You know, I believed that I was not stuck. I believed that I could, if I worked hard, that I could figure out a way to get some amount of financial security and, and, not, and, and not risk going backwards. And so I, I, I just had this feeling. And as I got older, it became very uh, deliberate. No one's going to outwork me. And when I got an opportunity, I was in the office, you know, as I graduated college and got a job, I was in the office before anybody else, I would leave and go exercise. And then I would come back and I'd work until 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And it was just, and 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 one of the things I made a decision on is I was going to be the the, I say the guy, but the person, I was going to be the person on the team that if the boss asked them to do something, they could take it to the bank. They wouldn't never have to ask twice and that I would do it with such gusto that they would get the work back and go, wow. And I try to go beyond what they asked for and anticipate what they might need next. And it was just sort of relentless. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to working hard and never giving up. Yeah, you know, believe me there were over the course of my career, uh, there were a lot of scary times and setbacks and, you know, we went through the great financial crisis, you know, back in 08, that was a very scary time. Yeah. And the key to, to, to getting through that was just work, uh, and, and never giving up. And always believing that if we just keep after it, uh, there'll be a, a rainbow at the other side with a pot of gold. Yeah. And,
0: uh, I think you're right. You know, it's interesting. Um, and I've, I've been through one of those divorces as an adult. Um, I was fortunate not to go through that as a child, but I do know that it, it affects how it affects children, right? From, from seeing that in my own family. And I think sometimes at first, when we go through any tragedy, right? <clears throat> sometimes work becomes an escape. Right. I for me, it did when I lost my dad very early on. And for me, work became that escape, Right. Um, and that, but then what happens is, as you said, it kind of becomes okay, wait, uh, this hard work is going to get me somewhere else, right? Besides right. just the escape of it. Um, so however it starts out, um, it's a good thing. And, and you know, there's two ways that that situations like that go, right? A kid could end up, um, going down the wrong path, or they could, like you, decide, no, I'm going to do something different, right? I'm going to make it. Um, and that's the grit that we talked about before the show. Um, yeah. you know you you mentioned team at the very onset of this. Um, and I can I know I can say that in my career as a as a manager, as a director, as a leader, as a CEO, I have to say I think the most challenging thing because you can work really hard, right? You can have the vision, but building that culture. And that mindset in a team to me is, has been one of the most challenging things because you're dealing with so many personalities. Talk a little bit about that. And you know, when I came up the ladder, people didn't have a seat at the table. It was very different than it is today. Right. Right. So leadership has changed so much. Let's talk a little bit about that because I find all that fascinating.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I've been blessed. And I think this is another thing that I give a lot of credit to, uh you know the the success that i've had is having great mentors mm. and and those mentors one being my grandfather uh who sadly isn't with us anymore and then uh, uh alan levan uh who is my partner today uh and jack abdo who's one of my other partners today uh you know all three of those individuals in different ways have had tremendous influence on me and i would say uh the hard work the perseverance but also um, a humility that all three have have had and all three very successful in their own right you know different levels my grandfather was a very modest success but for his generation he was first person to go to college and he worked hard uh, but there was there's humility it's sort of a common theme and i think as it relates to your question about about leading a team i i i try very hard although i'm i'm sort of a public face, I am not the tip of the spear. The, the, the hand-to-hand combat today in my world is happening with others. And for me, and, and this is not just a sound bite, I, I try to live this, the credit goes to the team. And mm-hmm. And I try to give lots of credit publicly amongst our teams. When somebody does something really well, it's public credit, public celebration. If there's somebody who needs some uh, constructive criticism, I do that privately. So my goal is to build up the team so that they have the confidence to get out there every day and and follow the direction that we've as a management team set. And so I just think leadership and and having a team feel good about being on the team and following your lead, because at the end of the day, it's our job as the leaders to set the direction. It's... Are you humble enough to know, really know where the work is being done and humble enough to take feedback from the team
0: Mm. and
1: not be blind to whatever vision you created or direction that you set, you know, you've got to be able to pivot.
0: Oh, yeah. Haven't we learned that in the last year? Um, Yeah, right. (laughs) And I think, you know, you talk about taking feedback from the team and it's really interesting because... I mean, that's that's all about self-awareness, right? And and knowing that we, even as leaders, well, first of all, I always tell my team, you're all leaders in this organization. The title has nothing to do with it, right? Um, But I often find that the title can be intimidating to people, right? So they sometimes won't give us or don't give us the feedback that I know I really want, right? Because I want to get better and I want to grow as a leader. Um, so encouraging them to do that and being open to that. Uh, and when they do it,
1: right, thanking them and not right. reacting in a negative right. and way. And being authentic about it, you know, not just, uh, oh, I read this in a management book. I'm supposed to get feedback from from the team. People can, re- can see through that. Oh, yeah. And if it's really authentic and you really want to know, uh, I think, and you've, I'm sure you've had this experience too, people start to open up and share because they really yeah. want to tell you. They really yeah. want to give their opinion. If they think you're really interested. Right.
0: And if they think you'll do something about it. Right. right? right. How often did you say, well, I'm not going to bother telling them because they're not going to change anything. Right. Nothing's going to change. Exactly. Um, so I, I agree. But you mentioned that word that I think we have all come to despise over the last whatever, 13, 14 months. And that's pivoting. Right. And we have all had to do that in some way, shape or form. And you and I talked very briefly yesterday about. The pandemic and you talked you mentioned earlier the the recession of 2008 um let's i I want people to know a little more about the business um and you know what was your anticipation when this all first started at the pandemic how did you have to pivot right to to get through this
1: yeah um i you know i have to say like you said we talked about this yesterday march and april very scary I mean, we, we literally met day after day after day on Zoom uh, planning for how were we going to survive what we thought was going to be the worst economic crisis that any of us had seen in our lifetime. And and my partners are in their 70s, they've seen a lot, right? Uh, and And we all thought this was going to be worse than anything we had ever seen. And so we were literally creating contingency plan waves if this happens, what are we gonna do with this? And meanwhile, you know, we're in the apartment business, as you said, we're in the timeshare business, we're in the candy retailing business. So we're having to meet with our CEOs in these different businesses and say, okay, what's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? How are we gonna get through this? And it was absolutely terrifying. But but I would say that that one of the other things that I learned early on, uh, and again, this comes from, from having great mentors who exhibit it, is, I don't want to say grace under pressure but but I, I don't panic, you know, be deliberate, don't be rash, have a plan, have five plans, you know, have contingency plans for all different but but just don't panic and 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 be deliberate and I think that uh and the other thing that as things got a little as things didn't deteriorate the way we we thought they might, we kind of pivoted from. Well, wait a minute, this may not be as bad as we thought. And thank God that we're in a position where we've got capital. Maybe we ought to pivot to opportunity. And oh, if we went from, in, in March and April and May, when it was like, how are we gonna survive? As we saw our businesses were gonna be okay, we started to make that pivot and we said, all right, never waste a good crisis and that became the mantra. We went back to our teams and we said, "Okay, this isn't going to be as bad as some some of the businesses were hurt more than others. Obviously the retail business was hit harder than than the apartment business which really had a two minute blip and then just was better than even pre-pandemic, which is just a miracle." Yeah. But but we basically went back to our teams and we said, "Okay, we're blessed. We've got capital, we're financially strong because we we had been preparing for a recession. We thought, "Oh, this Last This last expansion had gone on so long. There's got to be one coming because there always is. Let's get ready to be opportunistic. And we didn't see a pandemic coming, but we had capital. And we said, all right, now let's go out and be opportunistic. And all the teams started focusing on where can we deploy capital and buy another business or do something that was opportunistic. And uh, that proved to be wonderfully successful. Almost all the businesses seized new opportunities during the pandemic that we would not have had if not for the pandemic. And that was, that was a little bit of having one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake before the pandemic. Grow, but don't grow so the wheels come off and it's all on red. Grow in a way that allows you to have money kind of in the back pocket. And to some extent, I'm a product of where I came from. I, I don't ever want to be caught flat-footed again. And so I want to grow. But I'm all, you know, we're about singles and doubles, not try to hit home runs. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, we go broke. Not interested. Singles and doubles and play the long game.
0: I love that. Um, So, you know, I I mean, risk, but.
1: um, Calculated risk.
0: Intentional calculated risk. Exactly. You know, so you, your companies range across so many industries, right? Um, and real estate, uh, or I should say construction, home improvement, those companies, right, have done very, very well during very that well. time. The timeshare, right, vacation business took a real bad hit at the beginning, but now uh, they're doing better, right, than ever. Phenomenal. Uh, that, uh, at least that's my understanding from talking. Yeah, to Yeah,
1: starting starting to come. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Starting to come back, and then but retail, right? The candy, Hoffman's, it's sugar. What have you? Has there been a difference? There has been. Is that been a slower comeback?
1: Yeah, And what mean, does as you
0: your retail look like, right? You you just opened. I think you had just opened this amazingly enormous candy like the biggest candy store in the world. In department store. Right, up in New yeah. Jersey. I think somewhere. Yeah. I remember Jarrett being yeah. on the show and telling me about it. Yeah, And then pandemic hits, right? So what's the future of the retail area?
1: So, I, look, retail, all that you said, by the way, is right. Um, retail is going to change. Uh, it was already changing. Uh, you know, the Amazon effect, so to speak, it was, was chipping away. At retail as we knew it. And I think, uh, and look, nobody knows for sure, but I think, and we're seeing it now. I mean, you read about it in the newspaper, retail is back. People are going to the malls and they're spending and they're just dying to get out. And I think the key word is to experience. Yes. And I think that's where retail is headed. Yeah. Going to a sort of an old tired mall and and trolling around to tired retailers with no energy, that's probably finished. But going to a, a mall like the uh, American Dream Mall in New Jersey, where there's a, a a ski slope in the mall, and there's a water park, and there's a roller coaster, and a, a, a twenty five thousand square foot candy department store, and it's just every at every turn, it's experiential and wow. I think that has tremendous legs because people want to be the ultimately we're social beings, right? And this I think if if anything, the pandemic has shown us that we gotta be around people. You know, Zoom is not the same. I can't wait till I can see you in person. Oh, I'd
0: much rather be in our kitchen at JA World than in my kitchen. <laughs>
1: right, right. So, it, and I think that's universal. And and so to varying degrees, some people are more social than others, but I think we all wanna be out and, and experience things and be around other people. And so I think retail is gonna change, continue to change. It's not gonna go away. It'll just be different. Uh, and, and I think our, Our candy businesses are actually perfectly positioned to play a role in that because they are experiential. You know, who doesn't walk by a candy store and see the colors and I mean, you're even you know it brings out the kid in you, right? I mean, you you or or a Hoffman's chocolate and you walk by and you smell that chocolate and it's like whatever you're doing, you stop dead in your tracks and you're you're like hypnotized. So.
0: Listen, no, I I have no willpower when I walk past and it's sugar or Hoffman's. I'm gonna really? I'm gonna confess right here. We, we count on I that, go, you know. I go straight to the sweetest fish, at the raisinets, <laughs> and the chocolate covered almonds. I mean, I'm
1: a gummy right? bear guy, so right? yeah.
0: um, and I love them. But I think you're right, and and you know when you talk about experiential experiences, you know we're in the world of education, right? Workforce development.
1: Yeah, it's a perfect example of that.
0: yeah, economic empowerment. We cannot teach our kids the same way we have te- taught them in the past, yeah. right. with the internet at their fingertips and exciting things that they right, that they can have at any moment, we cannot stand in front of a classroom. It has to be experiential. And that's where an organization like j a can bring that Absolutely. and complement right what the what the school district is doing um but you you know and so i'm really glad to hear that about um retail because i you know i love going out to the mall right um but you're right it was boring for a while um and so it's so we i think we need one of those american dream malls here in, in broward uh so there's that one
1: be- coming in miami
0: i heard that i think i heard that yeah. um but yeah miami and i don't want to drive down there we got to we we need one up here too <laughs> um but the the other thing that 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 you talked about was, um, you know, we talked about people and teams and, and all of that. One of the things that I hear consistently across the board is the workforce challenge. Right, business is doing great, construction is doing great, right? Everybody's investing in building and home improvement and and other improvements, but people can, and even especially in the retail piece, people cannot find workforce. Yes right? Um, And so they're trying to get creative. Um, I just did an article last week in the Sun Sentinel 100 about, you know, engaging with non-traditional, right? uh, Populations to fill the workforce gap. What are are you experiencing that in your businesses? And what are some of the things you're doing?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a major problem really across all the businesses and in the timeshare business, you know, challenges, getting people to work in the hotel's, Uh, cleaning rooms or whatever, you know, the, the, the needs are in the retail stores. It's hard to get people to want to come in and, and work the floor, uh, in a retail store. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's no silver bullet for that. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, a lot of the, uh, support from the, from the stimulus packages have in a way, look, it was a blunt tool. We had to get out there and just help. And you know that, that there's negatives that come along with that because it wasn't sharp shooting and so you have people out there that you know can can basically not go to work and can do almost as well as they would if they were working and they're making that choice i think once that wears off i think uh you know we'll see an improvement in that but but it's even broader than that i mean i think uh i think just having the skills in some of these uh for example in construction there's a significant shortage of skilled labor yeah Uh, It's a wonderful career. I mean, being a plumber or an electrician. I mean, you could build a skill set and then build a business around that.
0: Exactly.
1: And and I, you know, I, I think there's just tremendous opportunities for people that are willing to work hard. I can't think honestly in my career of a better time than now to get out there and try to grab the brass ring, because it's hard. Even when you can hire people, to be frank. It's hard to find people that have the grit and the drive to really want to make it happen. So if somebody has that desire to get out and be the person, be the one that someone can count on, show up early, work late, this idea that you don't have to do that I think is personally, I think is is sort of debunked. I think you got to get out and work hard. There's no way to phone that in. But if you do it in today's world, companies recognize that because it's not universal. It's hard to find people that are willing to do that. And I believe that people who work like that will move up ranks wherever they go very quickly because they'll yep. stand out. Yep, that's I think exactly, it's a wonderful that's opportunity that, today.
0: There's there's an opportunity to stand out today. I absolutely agree with you. Um and you know and that's what we talk with our, you know, especially our high schoolers how are you going to stand out from the back, from the rest, right. right? Whenever I get to speak with them, I always talk about stepping up and showing up, right? Um, how are you going to show up? Um, and so I, I absolutely agree that all of that, you know, we also talked yesterday a little bit about, and, and I've been reading more about this in the last couple of weeks, um, the supply chain issue. Yeah. So, you know, how is that affecting, is that affecting all of the businesses? Like I read something Everything. about- uh, that coconut. There's a shortage of coconut. Well, what are we gonna do? I mean, almond joys, coconut patties. What? What? What are we gonna do? <laughs> we um, gonna-
1: yeah. I mean, it, that's. a I mean, you joke about. It. It's a real issue. I mean, it, and it's everything. It's. It's. Look, in construction, lumber costs have gone up three times, three X, in the last year and a half. If you could even get it. And, and, and this is just universal, and, and it's, it's almost like a uh, perfect storm. The pandemic hit, and like we talked about, companies said, batten down the hatches, slow down the production line, stop the production line, whatever it was. This is going to be horrible. We better not put, keep putting money into inventory. So they stopped. Then, like we talked about, things didn't get as bad as we thought. They started to bring people back and get the factories going again. And then, wham, breakouts of COVID in the factory, Shut it down for 10 days. Start it up. Shut it down again. And so there's these fits and starts of, of production at, at the raw material level, at the, at the, at the input level. Lumber, uh, computer chips, yeah. coconut, uh, and, and it's universal. And then on top of that, you have uh, uh, the Suez Canal problem. You know, where that ship basically blocked the Suez Canal. Yeah. And I saw an image, uh, a satellite image of, and you couldn't imagine the number of ships on both sides of the Suez Canal that were just sitting and anchoring, waiting to go through. That's another disruption. And when you have factories that now are running at full steam because they're trying to catch up from the production that they that they uh, gave up to fill demand that's, that's in some cases greater than it was before COVID, those disruptions ripple through everything. I mean, I, I went to buy a car recently. You can't get a car. Well, there, there's,
0: there's, they have a chip
1: issue, right? The shortage. Yes. So, it is, and, and all it takes is one thing. I mean, you can have a car with wheels and steering wheel and brakes and it, but if it doesn't have that chip, it's not going anywhere. So yeah. it only takes. Look, how can you have coconut patties without coconut? Right. How can you? How can you have a house without lumber? So, it, and it's a real issue. And so and we're facing it everywhere. And it's not unique to us. It's it's every business has got this in one way or another. Uh, yeah. And we just have to, you know, kind of fight through it. It'll ultimately settle down, but it's it's a real problem.
0: Yeah, I hope you're right. And I worry, you know, what's the effect going to be on the consumer, right? Because you have to pass Price on those at some point, right, to somewhere. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think we're at the end of the disruption. Actually, I think we need to get used to living in a world of disruption with technology and and all of the you know transportation and the things that are happening i i think we just it's become it's going to become a norm right to live in a world of
1: of disruptions
0: uh some will be positive. i i don't mean it in a negative way uh, uh some will be positive disruption right
1: there's no um, question and you have to kind of be comfortable with change yeah whether you're running a business or just living your life i mean There's always going to be change and uh, you have to be prepared. Absolutely.
0: So I want to touch on one last thing, because first of all, when I read your bio, the list of organizations that you have been involved with in the community is endless. So I I didn't even try to list them all. Um, (laughs) And we do post your bio. So if anybody wants to see all of the organizations that you've been on, um, certainly they can see that. But I want to talk a little bit generically about that. You're obviously committed to the community. I know I can say firsthand BBX Capital, um, Blue Green, Hoffman's, all of those companies, right, in some way, shape, or form, together separately, have I know have supported junior achievement. And in and, and BBX, Bank Atlantic, great, the the Levan family from the very onset of that, with Alan yeah, being cool. an alumni. And so we're very grateful for that. And um and I've always looked at uh, you all as a role model, right? Um, in the community of a corporate partner, someone who invests in the community. Uh, and, you know, we you you talk about the workforce coming. We've got to get these kids to know, right, that these jobs exist. And so that support is so necessary today and, and investing in, in the future pipeline, uh, I know is critical and you all have stepped up. Um talk a little bit about that is is that uh, you know some companies do it they do a little bit but for you all it seems like it's a very intentional strategy
1: yeah I I think it's um, it, it's very deliberate it's not PR driven uh, and I know I speak for all of all of us Alan Levan Jared Levan Jack Abdo and myself that it's in our DNA to want to give back. Uh, why? Because we're immensely grateful for what the community has has allowed us to achieve and want to be part of making the community better and lifting other people up and giving other people opportunity. And for me personally, having come out of you know a tough situation, which as you said, could have gone either way, and so much credit also goes to my dear mother who passed this past year yeah, for so. being, you know, strong and not falling apart during that tough time. I I know that there are kids out there that have similar stories and their, their story is just being written, but they're starting out the same way minded. And I want to be part of the solution and help give hope and opportunity uh, to kids who have a bit more potential than I had, just need a hand up and an opportunity and and a place to engage and whether it's JA or Jewish Family Services or United Way or whatever it is, Uh, uh, ULI, the Urban Land Institute, giving the community and kids in particular, the opportunity to claw out of whatever tough situation they're in. And the community was helpful to me as, as a kid. So how can I not pay it back? Yeah. And I, and I'm a huge believer in that and my partners are as well. So it's, we always wish we could do more, uh, but but both with time, because time is important. If we can bring, uh, some set to the table to move the ball forward, uh, and, you know, and of course money, uh, so it's it's core, and I and it's very, you know, dear to me, uh, and and I, and I think all the time about the, the the kids that are out there that that can do the same thing or better than I did. They just need to have the help and know that it's possible.
0: I was just going to say, if they hear from someone like you, right, and sharing their story, which I think is amazing. You know, sometimes my daughter will say to me, well, why do you tell everyone, right, you know, that you have a child with a disability or you went through that bad divorce or whatever? He said, because it might help someone get through something they're going through. Absolutely, right? And often they it helps me. In some way, they'll say, you know, oh, I know somebody else who went through that. Maybe they can help you. And so I think when we can be authentic and share our stories without even realizing we're helping somebody else. So we're definitely going to get you to come tell your story. I am going, I've been writing, if you notice, my head kept going down. I've been writing all of your ingredients to success, which I ran out of room on the page. Um, So I'm going to read some of those back and then I'm going to ask you for your main ingredient to success. So some of the things that you mentioned, of course, were team, right? Making sure that you have the best team around you. Uh, you talked about sleep, and, and I kind of you know, uh, equate that to taking care of yourself and, and others around you, right? Hard work, uh, and I love this. I think it's the rock that says, no one will outwork me, right? And so I love that attitude. That's that grit. Uh, you talked about ingenuity. Right, uh, belief in yourself, that confidence that you developed over the years, and I think in my in my case, I don't think I was a confident child. Like people look at me now and they think I I probably was like this all my life. It was by working hard and achieving those successes that little by little, right? I, it's a catch twenty two. What comes first, the confidence or the success? But I think by the could. way, I
1: was the same way. I was terrible at sports. I mean, somebody would throw a football at me, and it would hit me right in the head. I mean, I, I was, I mean, like left feet, <laughs> left, left. I mean, I was, and and so that, it, from a confidence standpoint, that was tough as a kid, right? You know, yeah. you're the last one to get picked on the sports team. What? Is yeah, that that is that's like? the tough terrible. Thing. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so, that can destroy a kid's uh, confidence being the yeah, last. But one. at some point, finding that thing that you're good at, that you, yeah. it just comes naturally. That's when your confidence just takes off because you're, ah, that's my, that's my, you know, secret passion, strength, you know? Right. Exactly.
0: And we all have superpowers, right? Sweat. Everybody's got one. You yeah. Identify them and use them. Right. Exactly. Um, you talked, so you talked about that belief in yourself, um, your word, you talked about your word and how important it was that when you give it right, that you live up to it. Uh, you talked about going beyond what someone has asked you to do going beyond the expectations. Relentless. Uh, I remember uh, someone, a friend of mine actually here in the community told me one day, you are relentless. And I was so upset, Seth, that (laughs) someone would call me relentless. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, I need to, like, what? What I, I need to change. And then I was like, wait a minute. It's not relentless. It's that passion that makes, has, I think has made me successful. And, you know, for what that means to me. So I'm all about being relentless. Um, Never giving up, having your mentors, right? Those people that guide you and and help you grow. Perseverance, humility, uh, giving credit to the team, going back to the team conversation and empowering them, um, taking feedback from them. Pivoting, of course, which we're we're getting used to now. Authenticity, you talked about planning very indirectly, but very important both in life and in uh, business not to panic, right, and be deliberate and thoughtful and intentional uh, and looking for the opportunities in a time of, of crisis. Uh, preparation, you talked about preparing, having the capital, and I will tell you that is actually what is getting JA through this time. We will have a revenue shortfall this year, uh, probably a 15 to 20 percent. Nonprofits have taken a really big hit, uh, but thank goodness over the last five years, the strategy was to build up Right. The reserve. So that in case of an emergency, because one was going to come at some point, right. we knew that we could survive and get through and not close the doors. So very important. Um, uh, you talked about uh, finding your passion just now. Right. What's important to you, um, what your superpowers are, responsible growth um, and but growth, that growth mindset, strategic risk, right? calculated risk, um, being comfortable with change. Standing out from the rest, and I love that one, uh, because I think, you know, uh, Mike, my fiance always says, you know, anybody can be average, right? But how do we stand out from the rest? Um, Giving back to the community that helps you, um, and then gratitude, of course. Um, And so those are some amazing ingredients, um, and it's no wonder that you have achieved the success that you have. And so I'm grateful that you were uh, willing to share them with me, but now- Ultimate question, Seth Wise. What is your main ingredient to success?
1: Yeah, it was in there. Um, I figured. Per, yeah, I, I think it's the idea of perseverance. You know, never give up, and, and and kind of along with that is is play the long game. You know, in today's world, in particular, everybody wants the quick fix, yeah. uh, and we're and we're conditioned to that with you know instant delivery of this and download that and you watch a movie you know we used to have to go to to blockbuster to get a movie now right. you can have it in two seconds on your screen everything is fast and i and i think that that's in, in in terms of getting achieving it just takes time there's no shortcut that's legal and so you just gotta stick to it and persevere and work hard and just know that it will happen and yeah. and, and just push out the noise and the naysayers. What are you doing that? You know, you could go over here and make a quick buck. And no, I'm playing the long game. I'm going to build my reputation and my career and and have the confidence. And I am, like I said before, I have more confidence today than ever that people coming into the workforce now that that think that way and and all I have to do is follow 20% of what was on, on that list and they and they play the long game and they keep after it and they don't give up and get diverted to the quick fix they'll do terrific yeah i have 100 confidence you know, i think if there's
0: any message that we can give to our children today that's the message right they can be anything they want but it doesn't always start here right they all not want to be the ceo when they first come out they want to own their own business you know all of that is great and that is the aspiration right but you've got to start somewhere. And like you said, learn along the way. Keep going. Work hard. And get, get recognized. And, and you will.
1: I always thought after I graduated, you know, I, I always wanted to make money. Uh, and I worked all through school and sold newspapers and sold carpets and all kinds of crazy stuff, which we'll talk about another day. But I, once I started to work, I said, you know, this is great. I'm getting paid now to learn. Because I knew coming out of, what do you know coming out of school? You don't know anything. You're still in school building your your knowledge toolbox. But then you're getting paid to do it. And so, uh, again, I think it just comes to put your head down, work hard, long game, build your toolbox, and it will happen.
0: I agree. And I can't think of a better way to end this interview. But I, I I can I can't wait for our kids to hear it. Uh and when we're in person to get you in front of some of these students. I would love uh you
1: yeah.
0: uh, know, especially the entrepreneurial. We have about six, seven hundred entrepreneurial students who really need to hear this because they're going to build real businesses over the school year and they need to hear about the perseverance, right, to keep going and keep that get that business built. So um I love it. My I pleasure. am so- glad uh, that we had the opportunity today and that I had the opportunity to learn from you. As I said, grateful. Um, and uh, thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, keep, you know, keep climbing,
1: keep going. It was fun. It was fun. Thank you. Yes. Really, all right. really Definitely enjoyable.
0: We'll send you the link. And thanks everyone for watching. And we'll see you again next week on the next. Episode.
1: Stay, safe. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe.